We're going to start out just a little different this morning. And I want to get you into the context. I want you to understand what, what we're jumping into. We're going to be starting in John 18, verse 39 this morning, but it's going to be read just a little differently. And, and so uh, before we jump into that, I want you to have, have in mind what's going on. Jesus has been arrested. He went into this garden knowing full well what was going to happen to him. He went into this, in, into this place where Judas knew he was going to be. Judas betrays him, brings hundreds of men with, uh, with torches and swords to arrest him as if he were some common criminal. And they haul him off out of the garden and bring him to the Jewish leaders. And the Jewish leaders put him on trial. And they can't bring any true um, crime out that he's done. They can't, they can't uh, accuse him of any true crime. So they begin to ask him about his theology, the things that he teaches and the people that are following him. And so those are the things that they challenge him on. And, and he, you know, he answers their questions. And they're upset with him about it. And they beat him up for it. And, and, and as this happens, they bring false witnesses to tell lies about who Jesus is. But their intent becomes clear as they leave the Jewish council, as they leave the Jewish trial, the Jewish inquisition, trying to call him a heretic and bring him to Pilate, who was a representative of the Roman government. He, he ruled over Judea for the, the Roman Empire. And so they bring him there. And Jesus, or, or, or I'm sorry, Pilate is like, hey, why are you bringing him to me? And they say, hey, well, he's an evil guy. We wouldn't think of bringing someone before you if he hadn't committed many crimes, if he wasn't an evil guy. And Pilate, you know, as, as he deals with this and pushes them on it, they say, they, they're like, okay, I'll tell you what, we'll, we're going to say, we're going to tell Pilate that Jesus has claimed to be a king. And that will automatically set him at odds with the Romans. Because if anybody ever claimed to be king, that set them against Caesar. And Caesar, in their mind, was a god. They worshipped him. And so Jesus, well, if, if, if we tell Pilate this, he won't have any problem doing what we want him to do. Pilate questions him about it. And he hears Jesus, and, and at some level I think he gets that Jesus is, is a king, but he doesn't understand it. In fact, he comes back out and he says, Jesus, I, I find no guilt with him. He's innocent. And this trial that they thought was going to have Jesus condemned and executed becomes an argument or a bargaining time between two enemies. And that's really where we pick up the passage today or the story. And as we, before we jump into it and do that, let's just pray. Um, it's, a, it's an extremely intense part of the scripture. There's some very serious things happening in this, in this point that we come to. And sometimes I think in, 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 the, in the world that we live, being so disconnected from, from the way the world was then, and we're so civilized and cleaned up, and, and everything's supposed to be pretty and, and nicely done, I think we miss what Jesus has done and what he endured what he went through for you and for me, for, for all that would believe. And, and so as, as, as we come into this, I just want to ask you, as you hear the words, as you see the images that will be, be on the screen, I just ask you to consider, consider what he did and what he endured. Put yourself in that moment. Be there. Experience it. Understand the weight of it. You know, I'm not trying to do this. I, I need to say I'm not trying to do this to be gross or to be, to be um, just some fantastic, uh, uh, make you feel sick kind of thing. I think it's, in, it, it's 
in our best interest to understand this. Because as we begin to see what Jesus has done, and we begin to understand what he went through so that we can have life, we're going to see God's justified wrath and his great, deep, extravagant love for people. And we're going to see it in bright contrast. But we have to slow down, and we have to stop, and we have to think, and we have to understand what the Scripture says. Well, let's pray. Father, I do thank you so much for who you are and for what you've done. I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you for sending your son as a sacrifice for us. Father, I would pray that in this moment that your spirit would speak and that you would move us and our hearts would be saddened with what you had to endure for us, but that we would celebrate because we know that you've done it out of a deep and amazing love. Father, I pray that this won't just crush us, but it'll help us stand up in grace. As we read your word, I just pray that you would speak. As I teach from your word, I pray that you would use me as a vessel that our lives would be changed, that our hearts would be drawn closer to you. It's all these things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So, you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him.
The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, 
take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king! They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar! So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. sorry. We know that that is just the beginning of what you had to endure. We know that the pages that, that, that are coming, the, the words that are coming are so much more intense. And prove our guilt even further. I pray that we would recognize what you have done for us. What you endured for us. And that we might respond in adoration and gratitude and in thanks. Not just in the words that we say but in the way that we live our lives as we get up in the morning and we go through our day that we would commit it to, to living in gratitude for who you are and for what you've done. I'm sorry that I fail. I want so desperately to be who you created me to be. I thank you that you love me 
in spite of myself. Thank you that your love for us has been proven. I thank you that in this horrendous act, the most evil thing ever done, that your grace is seen shining through. Spirit, teach us, move us, sanctify us. Cleanse us. Strengthen us. Empower us. Show us the way to turn from sin. Show us the way to live repentant lives. Show us the way to completely commit ourselves to you. Lead us into truth. Create in us a pure heart that longs for you. It's a deer pants for the water. I want my soul to long for you. Teach us, show us, remind us. We need you. We desperately need you. It's all these things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As I put that footage together, I was glad it was the middle of the night because I was the only one awake and no one could see me bawling and just broken. And as I finished it, as I finished it, I was reminded that that's not where it ended. There's more to come. And it gave me great reason to celebrate because as we look back on this moment, as we, as we have approached this passage in, in these scriptures that focus on Jesus and his crucifixion and asking these questions about what does it say about God and what does it say about us, it's because it didn't end there. In this passage, we clearly see things said about Jesus, testified about Jesus. And we clearly see ourselves represented in the way that these people acted. Think with me. I mean, I mean, just think with me. Pilate, in, in, the, in the chapters 18 and 19, Pilate said three times, three times in the midst of this trial, I find no guilt in him. He is innocent. We see, him, we, we see him progress from this place where he says, Behold the man. 
to the point where just before he crucifies her, just before he gives him over to be crucified, he says, behold your king. And we see the Jews doing whatever they can to convince Pilate they need to do what they want him to do. We see the Jews say, hey, he's made himself to be the son of God. You see, in, in, in all the terms of that day, in any way that they twisted it or turned it, that meant that he claimed to be God himself. Jesus is all of those things. He is innocent. The Bible teaches us that, that he, he who knew no sin, he never committed any sin, he never committed a sin of omission or a sin of commission, he never did anything wrong, and he never didn't do what he was supposed to do. He was innocent. He who knew no sin became sin. He was innocent. He was a man standing there before them, bloody and beaten and broken, mocked, made fun of, made light of. But nobody can argue with his existence. He was real. He walked the face of the earth. He put on flesh and dwelt among us. And today, even today, with with all of our science and with all of our answers and with, with knowing all that we think we know, no one ever says Jesus didn't live. You see, because He's real. He really came. He really entered history. He really came and lived among us. Oh, and and the Jews, they didn't believe it, but they'd seen it and they'd heard his teaching. They knew that he claimed to be God. They knew what his, his teachings meant. They understood that as he worked these miracles, he was doing it with a power that was beyond anything that anyone else had ever seen or ever done or ever known. The lame walked. The deaf heard. The blind saw. The hungry were fed. These things that no one could explain. They saw the power of God on him. They heard his prophecies. They heard him speak of things that would come. And they saw it revealed. They heard in their own prophets, in their own scriptures... They heard the truth and they heard these things about this man that was coming and they looked at Jesus and they denied it. They ignored it. But they knew what his claims were. And as you and I sit here today, we, have, we, we live in a world that tries to deny him still. We live in a world that says that there is no way that he is God. We, we live in a world that, that says that, oh, he never claimed it. He never said it himself. Everyone who lived in that day knew what he was claiming to be. And they wanted to kill him for it. See, it was God who came and put on flesh and lived as a man. This story over and over and over shows us this beautiful truth. John has has spent Pages and pages and, and, and word after word after word showing us this truth. That God came to 
us. He came here. He didn't say, figure out your own way. He didn't say, I, I, hope you can, I hope you can learn enough. I hope you can get it just right because otherwise you're not making it. He said, I'm going to them. And all they need to do is believe. And see, he's a king. And Pilate, while he didn't totally understand what this kingdom was, why he didn't totally get what Jesus was saying when he said that, that yeah, I'm a king and that's what I was sent for. When, when, when he didn't totally get what he was saying as he stood before those Jews and said, Behold, you're king. When he didn't totally understand it, he was speaking truth. You see, Jesus is king not because we say he is, but because that's who he is. You see, Jesus rules with authority not because we give it to him, but it's his to have. Jesus... Rules not because we give him permission, but because he's the one with the power and the ability to say, I rule. You see, he is a king. He is those things. An innocent man who was God in flesh, a ruling king. But you know what this says about everybody else? Everyone else in this story is guilty. Where Jesus was innocent, they are guilty. I mean, think about it. Even, even as we started into this passage, Barabbas, who's a murderer, a thief, an insurrectionist, he was, he was always trying to cause trouble, he was always causing trouble. He, he, he was a criminal. And when Pilate put him up, to, to stand against Jesus. It wasn't that Pilate, Pilate didn't think, oh, well, I can put him up there and, and, and they'll pick this man. He really thought, I believe, that they would pick Jesus because no one wanted Barabbas free. That's how badly they wanted to get rid of Jesus. But he was guilty. He he deserved to be where he was at. He deserved to be in prison. He deserved to be punished for his crimes. And, and if you think about it, if you just stop for a moment and think, I mean, imagine what we see happening with Barabbas is what Jesus has done for everyone. He's, he's, that, that comes to believe in Him. Jesus has, for every person who comes to faith, Jesus has stood in their stead. And even though they're guilty and condemned, He's allowed them to be free. But Barabbas was a guilty man. Oh, and these Jews... These Jews, man, I mean, it's easy to talk about the Jews because they're so distant now, Right? But, but they were trying to control everything. They were trying, to, they were trying to, to control the whole situation. They were trying to show themselves approved. And they were trying to be gods in their own right. I mean, think about what they were doing. They were manipulating a government to get their own way. The tensions between Pilate and the Jews, the tensions were real. They hated Pilate. 
They didn't want anyone from the Roman Empire ruling over them, and especially Pilate, because he, he hated them, and he disregarded their traditions and in their ways, and, and he just ignored them. And, and, and as, they, as they manipulated him, they couldn't have cared less about Pilate. But they were doing everything they could for one purpose, to be rid of Jesus, to get rid of him, to see him executed. You know, Pilate, Pilate sent him to be scourged, to be flogged, to be beaten. He was doing that in hopes of appeasing the Jews. He wasn't just doing it just because he felt like, well, you know, he's not guilty and I'm just going to beat him up. And he did it hoping that they would see this. And they changed their mind. Okay, that's enough. And this scourging that, that, that they had, had Jesus go through, this scourging, this beating that, that he endured, it's ugly and it's brutal. There's, there's stories written about it. There's history written about it, about how, how brutal it was and that sometimes people didn't live past it. Historically, it was not just used before crucifixion. In fact, it wasn't always used before crucifixion. Historically, it was used to punish people, to get them to tell truth, to, to uh, punish them for their crimes, whatever. It was just, it was a punishment. And these Roman guards, they would, they would beat people. I don't know if they were enjoying it as if they did on the film, on that video. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that history tells us that, that people would go into it. And these, and these, these uh, cat and nine cells, I forget the word for it, but they're... they're their, their de- device that they used to beat people with, it would rip their flesh to the point that their innards would become their outwards. I mean, it made them come apart. Pilate sent Jesus to this because he was being manipulated by the Jews. Because he was trying to appease them. Because he was a cowardly man who couldn't stand up and take a stand for anything that was real and that was worth something. He saw Jesus' innocence and he bowed to the Jews. He saw that Jesus didn't deserve this and he still did what they wanted. You see, they were guilty. Pilate was guilty. The Jews were guilty. Barabbas was guilty. You know, even the guards were guilty. Oh, they were just doing what they were told. They were, they were just following orders. So they wrap a crown of thorns. And they place it on his head. They press it on his head. And they mock him. And they laugh at him. And they put a purple robe on him. And they bow before him in, in mockery. Making light of Jesus. As if he is, is just some worm. Some scum of the earth that deserves Nothing. And they, they laughed at him, and they, they beat him, and they mocked him. You know, and, and the funny thing is, as I was preparing for this message, I felt conviction in this. I, I wasn't there with them. But I've sat and I've laughed at movies that talk about little baby Jesus. And I've seen cartoons that make fun of Jesus. And, 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 and he walks around just, just as if he's just another reason for us to laugh and be entertained. We're mocking our God. He is God in flesh. He, 
And we're laughing at him, making light of him and what he's done. The guards were guilty. Everyone in this story was guilty. They all had one thing in common. They wanted to rid themselves of Jesus. If I could just get rid of this problem, I want to be rid of Jesus. For the Jews, he was teaching against them. He was talking against them and saying things like, you're, you're, you're whitewashed tombs. You're, 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 you're using your law to justify yourself and it just shows yourself condemned. It shows you to be condemned. He's teaching against them. For Pilate, hey, he's just another bump in the road. That's another issue that I've got to deal with. If I could just be rid of him and those Jews... These guards, more than just a plaything, he became a nuisance. And if truth is told, we still do it today. I mean, if we didn't have Jesus. I could just do what I wanted. I could continue to just run around in the bars and be drunk every night and have that party that I wanted to have. I could sleep around with whatever women I wanted to and not care if it hurt my wife's feelings. See, if it weren't for Jesus, I could live any old way I want to live. So in our science, in our schools, in the way we handle our money, in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the ways that we spend our time, in the entertainment that we seek, in, in the things that we do, even the best and most well-intentioned people want to get rid of Jesus. They won't say it. Nobody's going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But I think if we look at ourselves, not just you as a, as a specific people, I'm talking about us, the humanity. If we could just get rid of Him. You know, because if, if Jesus isn't real, then we don't have to worry about any of this. If Jesus isn't real, if He wasn't there and He wasn't what He said He was, then all of that is just, a, it's a fantasy. But here's the truth. Jesus was innocent. He was a real man. He was God in that flesh. And he is a king who rules and who demands obedience and submission who demands that we follow him who demands that we trust him 
who, who is worthy of our adoration and our worship. Jesus can't be gotten rid of. You can't wipe him out of history. You can't take his, his impact on the world away. You can't take away his teachings. The world wants to get rid of Jesus, but he is our only hope. You see, because, because if Jesus is real, and these words are true, then apart from him, there is no other answer. You see, it's his innocence that matters, because our guilt is proven. It's his innocence that saves us. It's, it's his sacrifice and, and his innocence, his perfection that provides for us a life that we can never gain, gain on our own. The world wants to forget him, not recognizing that he's the only hope we have ever had, will ever have. See, the world condemned Jesus <laughs> even though he was innocent. The world condemned Jesus. <laughs> While all the while, we stand being the ones that deserve to be condemned. The world did to its creator what it truly deserves to be done to itself. The world mocked Jesus because it denies him the reverence that he deserves. <clears throat> Jesus stood talking to Pilate. And Pilate says, Won't you answer me? Don't you understand? that I have the authority to save you and I have the authority to crucify you. Answer me. As if Pilate could tell Jesus to do anything. And Jesus says to him, you have no authority over me except what's been given to you from above. You see, this is the most beautiful part of the entire story if you ask me. Because Jesus wasn't there enduring these things because he had to in the sense that there was no other choice or no other option for him. At any moment, at any moment, he could have said a word and it would have all ended. Repeatedly through the Gospel of John, we see Jesus about to be stoned for his teachings, about to be beaten up by the Jews, and he disappears and he goes someplace else. They don't know where he went. They, they, they lost him. He's just out of plain sight and he's gone and he's safe. At any moment, he could have been somewhere else. At any moment, he could have spoken and the angels from heaven would have come and decimated him. These, these people that beat him and mocked him. At any moment, it could have been different. You see, Pilate didn't have authority over Jesus that day. And the Jews had no authority over Jesus that day, except that he chose to be there. He was there because he wanted to be there. 
He was enduring that because he had his people, those, those that would come to faith, those that would come to trust him, those people he's known since before the foundations of the world. He had those people in mind. And if you sit here today and you're a believer, he knew you and he stood there for you. So that just like Barabbas, a guilty man, you too could be set free. Jesus, an innocent God-man who rules with power and authority, humbled Himself, allowed Himself to be mocked and condemned in spite of His innocence so that you and I could be given life. Pilate, doing everything he could to rid himself of this problem. Didn't want this problem. It's not told in, the, in John, but it is told in another of the Gospels. He has them bring a bowl of water. He dips his hands in it. And he washes. He says, I'm not responsible for his blood. But at any moment, Pilate could have changed it. He could have stood up. He could have said, I'm not going to bow to your pressure. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. He's an innocent man. I'll let him go free. And the Jews, at any time, they could have recognized their Messiah. They'd been looking for him for so long. They'd been wanting him for so long. But he didn't, fit their, he didn't fit their requirements. He didn't measure up to their standards. They just rid, wanted to be rid of Jesus. I'm going to ask you today to recognize those areas of your life that you want to keep Jesus from. Those, that, that part of your life, because if there's any part of your life that you want to keep Jesus from, then there's no part of, part of your life that he can rule. Jesus calls us to obedience. He says, recognize me. He says, I am king. I am God. Recognize me. Adore me. Worship me. He is worthy of it. I'm going to ask you, how are you, how are you denying Jesus? How are you keeping yourself from Him? How are you trying to wash your hands of Him? It's right along with Pilate, the Jews, the guards, Barabbas. We are guilty. And we can't rid ourselves of Jesus. The only hope we have is in everything to quit relying on ourselves, hoping that we can do some other thing, or hoping that our knowledge saves us, hoping that, that our theology is, is what keeps us safe, hoping that, our, hoping that our, uh, our, our actions and the ways that we live within community and, and the things that we do within the church, the service that we provide, the, the money that we give, hoping that in some way that just makes us acceptable to God. They don't. Everything we do 
is as filthy rags to him. And you know, the interesting thing, that's actually a, a quote from Isaiah. The interesting thing is, maybe you've heard this, maybe you hadn't, but, but, but when that word is used, it's really referring to minstrel rags. That is filthy. It's nasty. And that's the best we have to offer. But thankfully, he says, you can trust in me and I will give you life. He says, he says that all you have to do is believe in Him. That, that, that means to trust in Him, to rely on Him, to depend on Him. It's as if you have crutches and, and you have no way to walk on a leg and you need the support. You have to have the crutches. That's who Jesus is. The thing that we rely on. The thing that's holding you up off the ground right now is a chair. You believed in it enough to set your, bit, your, your butts down on it and, and, and you trusted it enough to just relax into it. That's Jesus. We say we believe when we're in our churches on Sunday morning and we go into our life demanding that we're going to do it our way, demanding that we're going to work things the way we want them to work and doing things without even considering Him. And all the while, we're washing our hands. Trust Him. Worship Him. He is Jesus. God in flesh. Come to save us. Father. 